Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Earlier this week, the Australian non-profit Consumer Policy Research Centre and the University of New South Wales, Sydney, released a report looking at how well people understand how their data is being used, their personal data, uh, used and gathered and traded between companies. And unsurprisingly, the results were not great. Seven out of ten people felt they had little or no control over how their data was being used. Many expressed anger, frustration and distrust. And those results were not surprising to Kent Newman. Kent is a teaching fellow and PhD candidate at at Victoria University. He tweeted a link to this research saying, every time something like this gets polled, the results are conclusive. We have the regulatory tools. Maybe it's time to do something about it. So what are those tools and what can we do about it? Well, Kent Newman joins me now. Kia ora. Thank you very much for having me. When we talk about how data is being disclosed between companies, what does that actually mean? Normal person language, please. So personal information is tremendously valuable. Companies are making money off this information by collecting it online and, and doing analytics on it and sometimes trading in it. So in really simple terms, that's all it means, is it's transferring around the economy to make companies money. Right, so data is a form is, is a commodity that can be traded among companies for, for it's a form of currency in and of itself in a sense. It is. So some of the most successful companies of the last 10 years have built themselves up on this data. So we're talking about Facebook, Amazon, uh, Netflix even how all of these companies are trading is in data. It's not in the products they're selling. When do we agree to this as consumers, as, as users of these platforms? When in the process do we agree to this being okay? Well, this has been my point over the last uh, two years of my research is that uh, consumers have never agreed that this is okay. And in fact, when we consistently poll them, they show between 60 and 90% say this is not okay. So we've had this tremendous change in how we structure society and consumers keep saying they don't like it, yet it continues to happen. So that's what I'm trying to push in my research is, is I want to fix advertising. I don't want to stop it. I want to make it better. Surely, though, there's, you know, there's data and then there's data. Ooh, like... um. Okay, that wasn't a very good question in and of itself, was it? I will elaborate. Um, you know, I, I think g- it's a great I question. <laughs> I, like, I get that I have to give information to my bank that is um, quite personal information, and I would not like them selling that stuff on to, to somebody else. I'm not suggesting that, that they are necessarily. But um, there are lots of companies, I'm thinking, for example, of media companies that uh, collect audience data and to my knowledge, that's sort of anonymized, right? Like, it's not that RNZ or or stuff could publish the name and the address of every single person who visited its website today. Mm. So, I mean, this is within privacy. We talk about the reasonable expectation of privacy, and that's engaged of a whole ro- whole range of information. 
And some of that information we consider more private than others. So, for example, health information and intimate information about our relationships, biometric data and facial recognition. Mm. But what we're increasingly seeing is that this data is being collected for the sake of advertising. But it's also being collected in these really funny places that you wouldn't expect it to be collected. So on government websites, we're starting to see this advertising technology come in. So uh, you were just talking about finding solutions. There are solutions to that. But the first step is just to actually identify that that's actually happening. And, and that is down at the level of identifiable data. You talked about the idea of that, that actually you you want to fix advertising more than anything else. And I, I guess in a sense, um, we, we saw the consequences of and, and the effectiveness uh, of, of online advertising in, in the news yesterday in terms of the potential demise of News Hub. That is a business model that is hugely reliant on what you might call old-fashioned advertising, TV advertising. Now the sophistication of online advertising, because of the free exchange of this data, is 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 just blowing everything else out of the water, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. It's all connected. So what we've seen with these online advertising companies is they have eaten the lunch of traditional advertising, which was funding the media, but it was also funding a whole lot of other mm. small businesses in New Zealand. Kent, one of the criticisms of the ways companies go about this is by yeah, – that's, that's not the best. One of the criticisms of the lack of action in this space is that um, the process of gathering data is kind of shrouded behind very technical or kind of teddy bear language. Maybe an example of mm. that being cookies – you know, which is a great mm. word. Everybody loves cookies. Um, but mm. if you were to ask me what that means in a tech sense, I, I, would, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, so a cookie is a small piece on a website that tracks some way that a person engages with it. So it can track who clicks what button, what's, what search terms you're looking for, where your cursor is on the page. Mm -hmm. But more and more, what they have is what are called identifiers, which is... Basically, Kent Newman is 5612. So the next time on a different device they see 5612, they go, well, that's Kent Newman. So they can then link that data together to, a, to identity and start to track me, serve ads, and uh, understand their customer a bit better. Is so oh, just to add to no, that, for it, yeah. um, the, the other thing too is you mentioned cookies, and cookies are the one that have kind of captured the public ima imagination. Mm. But many people started blocking those. So many tools are now emerging that are trying to get around that, and one of them is called a pixel. You may have heard of, of Facebook pixel as yeah. an example. And that's a, effectively a, a cookie on steroids because it manages to, to get around some of the ways that consumers are blocking these tools. I talked about that research in the intro to this from Australia, seven out of 10 yeah. people feeling they had little or no control over how their data was being used, a lot of people feeling quite angry and frustrated around this. Um, mm. Does New Zealand do research in this space as well? And if so, to the best of your knowledge, do we show similar sentiments? Yeah, so the Office of the Privacy Commissioner every two years does some research into what consumers and what people are thinking about this. And going back to what I said at the start, it consistently shows the same themes, which is people are not comfortable with this. So somewhere between that 60 and 90%, depending what you poll people, uh, say that they are not comfortable with the way that internet uh, services are tracking them. 
and particular one that comes out there is is children and children's information. Mm. And in uh, 2016, 87% of people said they were uncomfortable with the way that children's information was being handled online. And I kind of asked the question back to you, where else do we see 87% of society saying the same thing? It's a remarkable level of agreement that this is not okay. Philosophically, how is this any different to the hand wringing back in the day over McDonald's billboards uh, in close proximity to schools or, you know, t- TV ads um, with with bright colours and, and jangly music on it t- targeting, you know, um, uh, primary schoolers? I, I feel like there is definitely a, 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 a difference, but how would you articulate it? It is so much more effective and it knows so much more about your children. Yeah. That would be my simple way of answering it. But that's just a consequence of developments in technology, right? Like, is it not somewhat Luddite-ish to say, well, this is, this is such an effective way of giving people what they want. Let's, let's stop it. So I have three ways that I'm wanting to improve it. But I'm not wanting to stop it. Yeah. I'm not wanting to shut down advertising online. Uh, all I want to do is set up some boundaries that are, are boundaries that we previously have all agreed. Um, So I'm wanting to reduce the amount of information that's captured back to those commonly agreed things that we discussed at the start of the conversation. So I'm comfortable with an online advert serving uh, me boots. I like buying boots, so I get ads for boots. Mm. But when I see, for example, uh, alcohol being targeted at a person who's an alcoholic uh, in recovery, Mm. I think that's where we need to stop some of this advertising. Yeah. I mean, is it also a little bit creepy to you? This happens to me quite a bit where um, maybe I'll click on a, a, a jacket or a, or a pair of boots in your example on ASOS because um, I like the look of it. And then I think, no, actually, that's way too expensive. And I click off it. And then 10 minutes later on my Facebook page, it comes up as a suggestion, you know, and it's like, ah, mm. oh, you're watching me, aren't you? So what they're doing there is just classic retargeting. So that's one way that ads are served. But the other way is they go, well, you're looking at these services on ASOS. You might also be looking at another uh, boohoo.com or something like that. Mm. So that's how um, they're learning more about you, and that is economically valuable. You talked about how you, you have three points that you'd like to see that would, that would improve things in your space, and you, you elaborated on one of them. What are, what are, what are the others? So the first is, as I mentioned, privacy. I want to see some improvements around uh, reducing the amount of information that is subject to this advertising. The second one is actually one you've already raised, which is consent. So a lot of the terms of service online are impenetrable. I can't read them and I teach. Hmm. Um, I, I teach I teach law and I research it and I can't read these. These are the, the like um, the so, iTunes agreement that says that's 55 pages long and it says agree at the bottom and you click agree because there ain't no way that you're reading through the whole thing. Sure, it's, it's iTunes, but it's also uh, earlier today I was on a government service website and I couldn't understand what they were doing. And then I looked into it and I found that they had a Facebook tracking pixel that was using account ID. So mm-hmm. they could tell that I was linked to a Facebook account. Um, so it's not just these offshore companies that are doing this. It's, it's government departments, it's small companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the consent point. And, and just improving how consumers understand what is actually going on with advertising. And the third one is one we've also discussed, which is improving 
uh, some of the restrictions on uh, on vulnerability and not targeting ads at addiction, not having a situation where someone you know has cancer, mm-hmm. so you're being targeted ads with chemotherapy. And the good thing for each of these three points is we actually have the law already there. It's just about more effective regulation and enforcement of what we already have and the norms we already agree on, as this short, uh, survey data shows. Ken, we've got a, a, about a minute left, but I do just want to put it mm. to you that you know, maybe tech has made so many aspects of our lives so much easier that we have gotten a bit complacent about the machinations that actually facilitate that. What, what do you make of that statement? I think it's true, and I think it's a benefit that we need to keep. It's just about containing the unicorn would be a, a colloquial way of putting it, but, but putting some safeguards up in place. It's not about stopping the tech that has changed our lives for better. Ken Newman, really interesting stuff there. Thanks very much for your time this evening. Thank you. That was Kent Newman. Kent is a teaching fellow and a PhD candidate at Victoria University.